FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. If you got any free time, Lee, ATV motocross, not available. Sorry. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. 27 Fridays ago. Uh, Huge fan, Lee. My question for you was, uh, go fuck yourself, dude. If you suck balls, I can help you if you tell me what's going on. I was I was really feeling it. It was it was weird. Yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get going. The dudes from 15th on back, they need CPR. I love bull riding and I love uh I love being country. I have no fucking idea what happened, right? Like I just got hit from underneath by like a great white shark or something. And then I come around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to fucking T-bone. Oh, so you right were going to do it. You were thinking of it. Seven oh, dude, okay. There was so many thoughts going in my head. A, a normal Euro. And I appreciate that. So is normal uh, Euro good? You mean he's a normal person from Europe. He's not yeah. like the normal yeah. Euros. Thank you. Did you see the crowd at Oakland? Yeah. The walk up. It wasn't good. Well, because Brayton didn't race. Oh, oh, yeah. that's where you're going. Yeah, San Diego yeah. will be yeah. jam-packed. Okay. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> told me today that no rider likes me. Root Weech, is this stank thing? Is this a work or a shoot? You tried causing shit. Yeah. Hi, Lewis. This is Will. He hates you already or something like that. At one point or another, everyone has hated you. He's good. I don't He's know good. what's more sad, like the fact that two grown men are playing this game or the <laughs> amount of satisfaction that I get when I win. I can think of a lot of people in Europe who don't like you. That feels good, too. Um. Yes, I would like to say fuck Will Hahn. Oh, wow. Because I'm, I'm literally, I'm missing, you know, half a practice because I'm, I'm too short to pick up my bike up. So yep. you're doing more something, harm than good. Something. My meat is out because he's my dear friend. You look like complete trash. Is Bet's an asshole? AC was ramming the shit out of Tomac, so we're done, I guess, and that sucks. Well, I don't, I don't want the angry mob in my DM, so I'm just gonna totally disassociate myself from the last 40 seconds. I'm gonna have a new attitude now. Boys. I'm gonna think about Lewis. Yep. And the guys will limit themselves. If but. you want, I can send you to the Indonesian MXGP, and then maybe you'll come back with a bit more. Yeah. Spring in your step. There's a band. There's a band called Queen, and that's a singular person. Faces. So. I don't have. To, I, I don't have time sure this is real. for the negativity in this room. Call the song. Tell me what you want. It's clearly in the song. It's literally the, the song. Is this has John give- Oliver yelling at me right now? <laughs> it does sound that way. Yeah, it does sound John the Oliver. Song- Okay. The, the song has named itself for you. There's no need to complicate things. Welcome back to the Pulp Mux Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X-Pod Show. And this week, we had a jam-packed studio and probably talked about Moto about 40% of the show. But we're going to get... get, get that, fuck me. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. We're going to dive into show 489. But first, let me introduce my guests from the Moto Limited Show, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Nick Still, what's up, Nick? What's up, dude? 
Well, that's uh, are, are you are doing some SoCal talk? Is that what you're doing? What's up, bro? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just I'm just embracing the SoCal lifestyle, and you know, I'm talking to SoCal Dark. I mean, SoCal Jamie. So I'm just trying to you know get it all in the image, you know, stuff like. Yeah, you're, you're you're. When are you going back? Have you got? Are you still leaving Friday? Or are you guys here for another week now? Um, at the moment they're trying to find me. I have the FBI running. I'm going from house to house day to day. So, uh, <laughs> try and get in front of them. So uh, if you see me in San Diego, I've either done something right or I've done something horribly wrong. Okay. All right. All right. Also on the line, he's the true talent behind the Moto Limited Show. Brought to you by Guts Racing, Trent Mar. Sad <laughs> dude. What's up? What's up, bro? Good. What's up, bro? Uh, we're still we're still here in Southern California, dark side, and I do appreciate that introduction. It's uh, about time my talent got recognized. Oh yeah, they're all. I promise you, all your listeners recognize. Trust me, <laughs> man. And I want to give a quick shout out to listener Steve Hall, who still sends me notes. Unlike Trent, some other Aussie that just quit. I mean, he just quit making notes and helping me out. Just bailed. Guess he's too cool. Dark side, dark side, let me just say this. Like, it has been a very rough seven days. Let me. I'm just going to say that. Okay. All I'm going to put in there. It's been a very rough seven days. I uh, I do apologize. Things are going to get back to normal next week. So uh, you want notes? I'll hit you with notes. But it's been like five weeks since you've sent me notes. I don't care about the last seven days. I'll give you. Savage. I'm just giving <laughs> you shit though. I'm just giving you shit. You're busy, and I don't. You know. I don't need your notes, man. They help, but I, I do appreciate Steve oh, Hall. thanks. <laughs> Basically saying that shit out. No, no. I just, I usually have my notes anyway, and I use yours and Steve's for uh, reference, and sometimes I find a lot of other stuff, but they aren't necessary. You're a busy guy. Anyway, Trent, still in Cali. You ready to get home, see them babies, or what? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely missing missing my two kids, that's for sure. I mean, it's been an awesome trip out here. Um America is a whole different place, which it's been great to see everything. And obviously, uh, with us being in Pulp last week, getting to see all that. But yeah, I'm definitely ready to, to go home and see, see my kids. That's for sure. And my wife, i got to say that, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 I bet. Um, yeah, Obviously, missing family's tough. tough. Um, before we get into episode 489, Trent, you mentioned being in the studio last week. Did, mm-hmm. it li- did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, definitely. I mean... For us, it's been a, a dream to be in Pulp Studios. You know, we've done this wrap-up show with you multiple times and kind of the genesis of why we started what we do. So to be in actually in there sitting face-to-face with Steve and, and you know, being in the lion's den, so to speak, it was a very surreal feeling. But um, we spoke about it and it felt super natural to be in there for some I mean, not a strange reason, but it just felt natural like we were supposed to be there, which was super cool. Nice. Was there anything that stood out, anything surprised you, anything off air that like you can think of that just kind of was a highlight? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, walking into the through the multiple gates to get in and then looking at those tall ceilings was definitely, uh, yeah. Do you remember that guy who parked our car? Do you remember, yeah, the do you remember, do you remember that, that guy's name? Yeah, he was real nice. Yeah. He was real nice. And the door, the doorman. The doorman, yeah. The valet. Nice. The, guy, the guy that took my coat. Yeah. Even a nicer guy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even flush the toilet while I was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, that that, guy, I forgot about the guy. Your hand? I forgot about the bathroom guy that you know, hands you a mint when you're done. I forgot about him. Yeah, he like he like pat, pat me down, you know, Mario. washed my hands. It was, yeah, it was really, really yeah. nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually what Zach Osborne's doing now. That's his side gig. <laughs> Boy, Zacho. Uh, <laughs> Nick, what about you, man? Anything really stand out? I mean, how was? Did you get Pookie treats or Pookie snacks? Uh, we actually had pizza and all sorts of stuff that 
you know, we sort of didn't expect to get fed, so that was the same thing as well. Well, they, like, didn't, have, they didn't have a second commercial break the night we were in there, so there was yeah. no big chat. Yeah. Well, but it was, uh, you know, like, walking, like just like Trent said, walking in there and seeing it, like, so you seeing it on TV. I was amazed at how much of a relaxed environment it was. If you, like, like, uh, like with our show, for instance, five minutes before we go live, there is shit flying around the room. It, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know it was going live until I could hear the, you know, the, the, music. the intro song in my headset. I was just like, holy shit, this was like really, really calm. And then, uh, you know, I had, had a little bit of a, didn't really know when we were, we were going to go on. And then uh, Mark sort of come up and said, hey, if you've got anything for Christian Craig, just, just jump down there and have a chat. And, you know, I slid into the seat and I was like, I was a little, I was like a puppy in a set of, just like a young puppy running around for like the first, I don't know, minute or two so i sort of you know found my feet and then when trent sat down it just everything felt normal again yeah i mentioned last week uh that you know trent had told me off air that afterwards that like his headset wasn't on or something he couldn't hear callers and that's why he was a little bit quiet other than when it was general discussion because trent you could actually hear Kiefer and the other guys talking you know in person but you weren't hearing through the phone through the headset no, it was, well, I could hear, it, but it was very faint. And, yeah. Yeah. I, and as I said, like, uh, to you, like, why didn't I sort of say anything? Like, I know what, what's going on with the show. And I was just kind of like, I don't want to disrupt the flow. Like, I'll just sit here and deal with it and uh, try and not look like I'm... You did yeah. well. You did well. Yeah. yeah. And as I said, until I told you guys, you had no idea that I couldn't hear nothing. So right. I, that was kind of... Yeah, I just didn't want to upset the flow of the, the show and, um, you know, be that guy that kind of halts proceedings and everyone's moving around doing stuff i just say i'll just deal with it all right uh, one thing i will jump in and say though it's like you know pulp listeners you know might have this image of steve you know how he you know he busts your balls when you're calling and stuff like that i'm gonna like honestly say that steve could not be steve talon mark they could not be any more accommodating for anything like they were super super good with us and you know answered anything we wanted and, and sort of like uh, happily got photos and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Steve, uh, I think, plays a, a bit of an image, you know, when you're talking to him. But, uh, yeah, he was 100% super helpful. I agree with all that. And we will talk about Steve uh, and some of his personality uh, character traits in a little bit. But let's uh, let's get into show 489 in studio. Jason Wygant from Racer X, Lewis Phillips from MX Vice, and Trevor Reese from Maxima. Uh, man, I always kind of feel like three guests is a lot. It, it takes away sometimes from some of the discussion because it, it kind of it's hard to get your your place sometimes. But I felt like it was a really good show. Uh, the phone guests included Aaron Plessinger, the Seven Deuce Deuce, Lee Diffie, Will Hahn, Chris Betts, obviously JT. I called in. Uh, there was some super cross talk, some stories, some drama, a music trivia game, a dog trying to love on Weege, and we know how Weege feels about dogs. That hurt my heart. His bets an asshole, some fishing talk, and much more. Nick, what was your favorite segment, favorite part of Monday Night Show? Um, I'm going to know a couple of things. I actually really, really enjoyed, you know, uh, Wygant sort of breaking down his race tech rant uh, and sort of going into that because I can sort of relate to it a little bit. Um, the music trivia game. Um, I'm going to say that like me, like most people, we're probably sitting there looking at our computer screen, absolutely screaming. Um, and, you know, uh, why get not patting the basset hound uh, hurt me emotionally and I'm still not recovered yet. The funny thing is about that, like I'm not an animal guy either. I don't like 
dogs either. And animals, when you don't like dogs, they know it, I guess, and they try to get attention. And the dog, I can't remember that dog's name. It's not, obviously, Rocky passed away. It's Augie. Augie, Augie, yeah. So Augie was on the couch trying to love on me, and Chris and Steve were like, what's wrong with you, dude? And so I totally feel weeds on that one. Call me an a-hole. I don't care. I thought it was like, Super cool because you know Oggy just comes up the stairs, lets yeah. himself in, does does the rounds. Like he sat at my feet for a little while, and I kept playing with his ears. And then he, he rolled over to keep her for ages, and you know would come back, sit on the floor. It was just yeah, just cruises around, does his own thing. I thought it, it was pretty cool. Well, it's hilarious that it went right for Weege, who is the one person probably in the sh- studio that night that didn't want the dog's attention. Uh, Trent, what was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, I guess the whole show in general. There's a lot of good guests getting Will on. Um, I like Will Hahn and, and Steve's obviously relationship and the the flip off game and yeah. you know them talking about it for a long period of time. And two the one for thing two. I found, yeah, I, I like the part too where like the inside jokes. I've always sort of spoke about that being on the wrap up show is that I like the inside jokes that you only know if you listen to Pulp. You know, so the stuff with Lewis Phillips with his lack of music trivia. You know, Trevor Rees and the the mountain bike and being a manimal and all that sort of stuff. Like, if you don't listen to the show week in, week out, you don't know those things. So, they're not really interesting. But for people like us that are, you know, big fans of the show, I like listening to that and building on those stories. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of YouTube chat about, like, oh, basically, like, a bunch of people were like, they're not talking about Moto at all, hardly. But, yeah, yeah that's uh, – I think that's a good part of the Pulp Mech show. That's why we – the Moto Talk can come on the review show and the other show. I mean, there are obviously there's some Moto Talk, but uh, I, I like the like you said the behind the scenes, the inside jokes, the stories, uh, and we're going to get into all that. Let's start with Aaron Plessinger. Um, he gets second at round two after a ninth at round one. Guys, obviously he's feeling good. He's always in a great mood. Here's a little bit of what he said about the turnaround. I was I was really feeling it, and then I went to. Uh... <laughs> I went to rail one of the corners and uh, almost lost my front end, and um, I figured I better back it down just just a hair, just get through this one with a with a second place. And uh, yeah, dude, what a, what a turnaround! It was pretty weird. Me and Jason, we went uh, I think nine ten, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah one two. So what a turnaround <laughs> for me and him! It was it was crazy. But the practice times, the ninth place in the main, all that. Were you worried at all leaving Anaheim one, or were you one hundred percent at just the opener? Dude, I I don't know, man. It was it was so weird for me. Like, I I mean, I was I was definitely like disappointed in in my qualifying time and everything, and that kind of made me mm-hmm. a little mad throughout the day. Didn't really feel like a race day at all. Um, I don't know. It was off for sure. <laughs> and it it didn't render that we were going racing until the gate dropped. Yeah, that's weird, man, for sure, right? Anaheim one, you yeah. never hear that. No, you yeah. always hear about, oh, it's, 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 you meet everybody, your nerves are high, so much going on, sponsors, you know, a tight race bike, right? A bike that's still stiff and everything, right? All that kind of stuff. You don't hear, like, yeah, man, I wasn't really into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trent, uh, kind of, I think everybody was a little surprised by what he said about A1. And unusual. I don't think we'd hear too many riders admit, like, I just didn't feel like like I wasn't. He didn't say he wasn't ready, but he kind of wasn't ready that day, right? It was like it was unusual, but he was kind of open about it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. But I, I guess that's what we've come to expect from, from AP as well. Is 
just total honesty whenever he comes on and does any interview with anybody. He comes on and tells you the truth, uh, that laid-back sort of southern style, the way he kind of lives. It's, it's so interesting to hear him when he comes on. And, I mean, that little giggle before he talks every time <laughs> yeah, gets me. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was interesting for him to kind of say, like, I just did not feel like I was at a race day at A1 and, and be – honest and say that to everyone like he could have just been like oh it's just an off day and and brushed it off but i mean he said it and he come forward with it and yeah i just i love having ap on the show because he just tells you everything you want to know and then doesn't leave anything um, behind yeah exactly nick very hard to understand not being like not feeling like it was a race day because like we were all there and we felt that it was a race day like it was in the air it was palpable and ap just like man just it's such an unusual a1 for for a pro racer like just really unusual absolutely you know this is one thing that i like about pole because it's every monday it's after the races these are things that technically we would never know unless this show wasn't there and then when you got someone like jason wygant someone that can ask the really technical sort of question, then you got someone with Steve who's a bit more laid back and get these guys talking. When you've got a person like Aaron Plessinger who doesn't mind leaving anything on the table, you get to learn everything. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see how you know the, the preseason is, and you know Aaron thought he was one hundred percent ready. The bike would be perfect coming into Anaheim, and then they were a little bit off with the suspension. They go to work this week, and you know, look, he come out swinging at Oakland. Yeah, did you Nick uh, find it? entertaining interesting like what do you think like he knows nothing about he's just unaware of his settings his setup what bars he uses like any questions that lewis or anybody asked him he's just like uh uh, he just doesn't know for sure it doesn't matter the dude goes fast he rips on a bike but it's kind of funny that how unaware he is of the the uh technical not the technical but the the details of what parts or settings he's using Dude, I love it because it just, you know, it shows his personality once again that, <laughs> you know, you might get some of these riders that come in there and try and bullshit about, oh, yeah, that's it. we do this, 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 he makes me do this. With AP, it's like he's just having another conversation with somebody else on the couch. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it just shows how well these race teams are of getting these bikes in the bubble and then just the slightest little changes, look what happens at Oakland. So it's, uh, you know, I look at it from both angles, from AP putting so much trust into the team and then the team being able to go out and execute and make this bike the way it is. Yeah. And Trent, you've uh, first time in the United States. We've talked about that. You're in SoCal, you know, the, the, just the most perfect place other than politics, but scenery wise, one of the most per- perfect places, but AP man, he just loves bull riding and being country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> he quote. still has, he has the best opening ceremony video. I'll, uh, <laughs> oh, I'll go down swinging with that one. Uh, but yeah, he just, yeah, it's funny that he is just the way he is. He just so calm, so casual, and and he's embraced this cowboy, you know, um, persona. Persona, yeah, that he's been given that he can, and he just runs with it. Runs a cowboy hat opening ceremony. He runs a cowboy hat on the podium. There's only one dude that I reckon could pull that off, and it's obviously Aaron Pippen. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, Trent, we'll stay with AP for a minute. A big topic of discussion. Coming into the season during off the off season stuff was how AP would adapt to being at Baker's Factory. Mookie also, and it kind of listening to AP, it sounds like maybe Alden is adapting to those guys just a little bit. Baker's Factory, 
What's going on down there? How is it for you? What? How was boot camp? How was the whole process? Dude, it's awesome. I, um, you know, the group we have down there with me, RJ and uh, and Malcolm, it's it's great. Um, we have fun every day, bounce off of each other, and then you know, I think Alden's having fun as well, uh, seeing that. But we were very scared. Because you had a wild, wide-open personality, which we loved. And everyone said, oh, finally, we're going to get a 450 guy who just says whatever mm-hmm. and isn't corporate. And we were so scared. So scared we were going to lose you. Yeah. But what I did not know, Aaron, is that you actually heard us say that. And you made oh, it a yeah. mission to prove us wrong, that you could remain yourself. That is awesome. And I feel like, no doubt, you yeah. have done it. You've yeah. done it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, dude. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I... I was watching that that uh, that that Supercross preview. Uh, I remember and it was. Uh, I I, I kind of you know had a little chip on my shoulder to just uh, just keep being me and, yep. and yeah I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I I haven't let anything in that has uh, disrupted that. So, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I would say I appreciate you, yeah. you guys saying that though. Yeah, Trent. It would be hard to imagine AP changing any. But him talking about it, like I love the idea of Alden loosening up a little bit, maybe you know, not with the not with what they have to eat and how they train, but just like maybe it's a little more fun. Maybe some of AP and Mookie winds its way into Alden's personality. You know, obviously we're not there. We've seen videos in the past of him joking with Zach or joking with RV, but I could see a little bit of a shift having these guys on his team, and I, I just love that. Yeah, look, I want to go with you, but I want to kind of play devil's advocate okay. here. But, I mean, these guys are both fresh to the program. We That's know true. that RV has said in the past, he had a lot of fun without him, but then it kind of grinds on you. Cooper said the same early on. Uh, I mean, there's people that have said that it's, you know, Alden's great, blah, 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 and it's, it's all good when they're fresh. But it's the year two, three, four of being on the program, that same constant grind that I think gets to these guys. I to be honest, I've never met Alden, and I mean, that's a, a bucket list thing for me to do, but I think he's probably a pretty fun guy, and he has fun with the guys, but at the end of the day, he gets paid a lot of money to get you guys to where you need to be, so it does become a job, and I think that's where he probably gets that uh, bad you know, reputation of just running these dudes into the ground and doing all this sort of stuff, but really his personality, when it's when you're new and you're fresh, he probably is a uh, yeah pretty fun go- yeah fun going guy. Um, so I'm I don't know if there's a shift. I just believe that they're fresh to the program. Well, let's talk about this in two years and well, see if we're talking about the same well, thing. Well, at the same time as well, let's go look at you know those two guys don't have good results. Does Aldon be completely different then? Ah, uh, good point. Like the yeah. whole the whole thing could look completely different. But you know, I think about it this time. If we were to send one dude in. To try and you know make uh, make Alden sort of a bit calmer, I think I'd be sending AP yeah. and Mookie. Like they are the two dudes I'd send in there because I just yeah I just don't think either of those dudes take shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, all good points, but I like I like to uh, imagine Alden being a bit of a jokester and you know and yeah. laughing along and it, I, I don't know that's where I want to go with it. So that's where I'm going. Uh, regardless, it was like it was a good. Good points from uh, AP. I, I th- it makes me, it just made me appreciate him, his storytelling, his you know his way of thinking about things, and you know he kind of joked about Alden kind of adapting, and I, I thought that was great. And I love the fact Nick that he admitted to watching the Supercross previews and that mm-hmm. being 
you know, that actually affecting him and making, you know, making it a point that I'm going to stay myself. You know, that's just right there. Typical Aaron Plessinger. Yeah. That's, you know, he's going to be honest 100%. You know, I, between the three of us, let's, let's ask a question right now. How many of these riders do you think actually do watch these preview shows? Uh, I would say, I don't, two or three. Not very many. No, it wouldn't be too many. Who who, who do you think those two or three are? Obviously, we Uh, have one Aaron Plessinger. Elite level guys, only a couple. Like, I I think maybe like an A-Ray or Cade or whatever, like the, those guys that are fans of Pulp and everything, they may watch. But if you're, yeah, if you're talking like the Elite 10, man, um, AP. Kenny, Kenny wouldn't. Cooper wouldn't. No, no, no. Eli wouldn't. I'm trying to think of yeah another one Trent. I mean I don't even know. Um, shit, yeah maybe maybe AP's the only one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there'd be too many uh, in a sense. We know that. Yeah, but it's random. I mean, we know Christian Craig listened listened to one you know, yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Um, talking about that, you know, the man to beat stuff. You know, so I mean, they do. It just depends on I guess what uh, mood they're in and what sort of satisfaction they're looking for. Um, to go looking for that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, at, at know, the end of the day, everyone likes their ego streak, streak, stroke, you know, stroke, stroke. Thank you, thank you, guys. Stroke. Um, yeah, he's he, he kind of he got his, his uh, American accent's kicking in. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the old cow, dude. Hey, you're getting better at English, so I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Nobody likes changing freaking fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 to save 25% off at sealsavers.com. Staying with Aaron Plessinger, he asked Steve's thoughts on the Ryan Brees seven deuce deuce incident. They call they cold call Adam. Uh, he comes on and gives his thoughts. Let's listen to a little bit of discussion, and he even admits to thinking about T boning Brees back. What's your guys' take on the uh, the 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 Brees situation in the LCQ? Brees screwed up coming in the turn. Right, he got a little bit of wobble there, kind of stopped. And Seven Deuce Deuce, if he hadn't done that, I don't think Seven Deuce Deuce hits him really at all. And even though Seven Deuce does hit him, it's pretty mild. And then I thought that Brees' move on Seven Deuce Deuce was a little much. But it is the 450 LCQ. And and it was was third and fourth. Yeah, it wasn't for transfer. I I see kind of both sides of the story. I do. If I'm Seven Deuce Deuce and I got a chance to tee him up in the upcoming races... Brother, oh, yeah. brother, I am teeing you up, and, and and I think if you're Brees, you go okay. I mean, there was definitely some words after the race. I got blindsided from it. You know, I really wasn't expecting it. I think that was like kind of like the worst part of the mm-hmm. worst part of the crash. And then mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. The thing that kind of makes me the most upset about the whole thing is that he said he did have a brake problem, and I don't think I actually touched him in that corner. Like, if you watch the replay, he makes a mistake. He kind of, like, slides into the bottom of the turn, and then it, like, stands yeah. him up. Yep. You know, and I don't even think I touched him. So if his rear brake did get mm-hmm. whatever, like, broken or whatever you want to call it, um, it wasn't for me. 
I'm trying to race next weekend. You know, that could have really hurt me. I got, I got really lucky. I'm still jacked up. Like the left side of my rib cage is like really sore. I'm probably not going to ride till the end of the week. Brees goes to lap seven deuce deuce and it's probably in his head. It's probably in his head that seven deuce deuce is going to clean my clock. And, but he doesn't, but seven deuce deuce stays classy. But I think the thought of all of that in Brees' head. Just cause him to grenade himself on that next triple. I just think that... <laughs> if you're going to take me out and you're going to put me on the ground, finish the job and put it in the main event, and then we'll deal with it afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. Nick, I love that last part with him. Like, okay, this pissed me off, but goddamn, get the job done. Uh, and first of all, Ryan's Reese is a buddy of mine. I reached out to him. Uh, he declined to come on and talk about it. He's like, man, I just want to move on. I want to worry about next weekend's race. Uh, so, and, and that's, you know, nothing wrong with that. I'm, that's understandable, but I, I felt like, I felt like it was a little too aggressive on Brees's part. I'm, I, I think it was a little too early, but, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, the responses from seven deuce deuce and, you know, was it dirty? Yeah, look, dude, you know, that's a great response. If you ask me, it's, uh, once again, it's, it's honest. And once again, yeah. you know, you're going to get from pulp. Uh, I got a feeling that Brees is going to have one coming. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like, like the like the guy said, I, I think that's a I think that's a, a fair bit aggressive, and you know it wasn't for a transfer spot. So, um, but literally uh, a four fifty LCQ, do these things by the week are getting fucking nuttier and nuttier. Like I'm looking forward to the four fifty LCQ at uh, San Diego <laughs> sure. over the main over the main of this case. So, yeah. but you know it's like these are the things as well, like the storylines that Steve and this show can create. Coming into it, dude, it's uh, it's something we're all going to be looking for again. So. Definitely. Trent, Adam kind of called him out a little bit as far as the brake issues. Like, look, man, I'm pretty sure I saw that rear wheel lock up. I didn't go back and rewatch it, but uh, I think 7 Deuce Deuce is calling BS on the brake. You know, I mean, and um, yeah, no no holds barred really between these guys right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it to me, it's funny listening to Deuce Deuce because he, he wasn't actually that annoyed with the past. He was annoyed the fact that Ryan Brees didn't finish the job and get into the main. That was what he was pissed about the most. Like he was like, if you put me on the ground, fair enough, we'll deal with it in you know, as long as you get in the main, we'll deal with it after. But then he goes, then he just self implodes and doesn't doesn't get the job done. Uh, which, you know, I can I can go with that, but I, I believe it's it's coming back. You know, it doesn't I don't think Deuce Deuce is gonna let this one go and to be honest, he's probably one of the bigger guys out there. I would not be what to play. So we're all going to agree that was an implosion, right? You know that that crease, that crash from Brees. I that have, was, uh, was I he have, just scared that the juice deuce was going to come and kill him, or I have to think that was partly on his mind. I mean, he he obviously he didn't come on to uh, give us his side, yep. so it's speculation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't see what else. You know, yeah, you have to think he was thinking about it, right? Because it did look like these guys are looking ahead most of the time. They are generally aware. He probably saw Adam rolling ahead as he was get, as he was coming towards him and thinking, uh, okay, this is going to be like winners take all. Uh, this, you know, this guy's about to <laughs> to try to destroy me, and maybe, yeah, I think it probably was in his head. So, uh, but also Adam made a couple good points, guys, about like I'm trying to race next week. That's, I mean. Yeah. Both these guys, right? You, they're not making a fortune. They need to keep racing to make money. Uh, that that point, and the, you know, Adam saying, "Hey, you're taking money out of my pocket." Like, that's kind of why. Unless it's the final lap, the final corner, I think I just I just feel like Ryan should have rethought that. 
yeah, I mean, it's going to be something that we talk about for a long time and, and bring up. And But, I mean, to next week, someone's going to run into somebody and then that's going to be the next topic of discussion. I mean, these guys are racing. I mean, I've done, to be honest, a lot worse for a lot less money. So, yeah, right, <laughs> to honest, right. To get into a 450 main, uh, you know, they're going to be – and that's what we come to watch. We love it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's good that Deuce's come on, gave his side of the story. Um, and I guess, as, as Nick said, that's a relationship that Steve has formed with these guys where he can shoot out a text message and get them on within 10 minutes. Yep, yep, very true. Uh, I do want to touch on something else that got brought up during this segment. They were trying to decide how to describe Brees's move, his pass, and they kind yep. of said Ninja or, Kawasa- <laughs> or Kamikaze and uh, you know the woke, the woke nation, whatever you want to call it now. Ninja, Ninja should be a... Like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's a like a not a compliment, but a ninja was a warrior, right? There's nothing, there's nothing yeah. uh, disrespectful about ninja, and I kind of feel the same way about kamikaze. That's literally what some pilots were called. It's not like a, it's not a slur uh, or a, mm. a, a negative towards somebody. So I don't think there's anything wrong with kamikaze. This has nothing to do with Pulp MX. It's just a thought that came through my mind. Uh, Nick, thoughts? I wouldn't call it a ninja move. No, we all seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, the kamikaze I think fits, and I don't think that's disrespectful. I don't know. I just it. I hate. I hate that we have to be so freaking careful about choosing our words in this day and time. I'm just. I'm an '80s kid, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't dig all this PC stuff so much, you know. I, so I mean, fuck it. Yeah, it was a kamikaze move. That's what it was. Yeah, he, yeah. He he went in there, you know, pretty good. You're talking to two Australians too, by the way, Dark Side. Sure, and, sure. You know, the, our country is not as, uh, yeah. Soft. As PCs, but, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't put words in my mouth here, Dark Side. All right. Yeah, there's no words we can use that uh, is not accepted over here, as we come to find out. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Like the C word. I got in trouble. I don't think I said that on air last week on the on the, the uh, wrap-up show. But I, I had, did I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yep. I listen. Yep. Yeah. Listen. And, and then you said it again. And we, exactly. We, I didn't realize yeah. it till later because look, I, although I don't, what I just said, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself. I just said, I don't like having to be PC, but at the same time, I don't want to offend a female, but I don't understand why any word is offensive personally, like, yeah. like those kind of words. Um, or even like I, I have this, so we're so far off top, topic, but <laughs> cuss words in general, uh, I've never understood why they're disrespectful or offensive because they're just words. Like to me, cunt is no different than, depending on how you're using it, it's it's no different than another choice of word. If you're using it as an adjective or a noun, it means you could use another word. It still means the same damn thing. Yeah. I don't know. It is, uh, somebody said somebody said one day that it was a bad word, and then we've all just succumbed to it. So you yeah, know, play it, along. Like the whole image. I, I don't, I'm not going to say an image, but the whole the whole way of it being shown was like that's the word you don't say in America. Yeah. That's like the big no no. And you know, I don't know where that comes from. I don't either. We're gonna we're gonna respect it because it's, you know we're in somebody else's country, so uh, yeah, we don't tend to say it too much over here. But we don't really say it out in public either. We usually. I know. If we're on the yeah. phone together or something like that. Yeah, we kind of threw you under the bus on that one. But even, but even like our words, like <laughs> like the f word, right? Like I remember asking my mom this at like 13 years old. I was like, well, why is it bad? Who decided it was bad? If I stub my toe and I say fuck, or if I stub my toe and I say ouch, same response. It's the same thing. Uh, we're, again, off topic. 
I also feel like when they say take your hat off indoors because it's disrespectful, who the fuck is it disrespectful for? It, it I don't understand. I just don't understand. I think we, anyway. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, uh, I've been like abused by someone at an opening ceremony once, like my first opening ceremony in, yeah. in uh, America here. I was sitting there in the stadium. I, uh, you know, I had my hand, hand over my chest, everything like that, standing up. And the guy in front of me literally tore shreds off me for having my hat on. Like, that wasn't something I really knew. And I said, I did really feel bad because it's uh, obviously something that's very, very disrespectful. Um, but yeah, dude. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I, I sort of agree with you, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll take my hat off, but I don't understand why it was disrespectful to begin with, where it came from. It just makes very little sense to me. Again, but we got to get back to Pulp Mex. Sorry, Steve, if you're actually listening to this, but you know, it's entertaining, right? People like the shit. Uh, NBC sports commentator Lee Diffie came on the show. Uh, he was the first guest of the night. He's kind of in a tough spot because our sport's pretty freaking brutal. And most people, you know, when, when Lee Diffie comes on or even Dan Hubbard's like, oh, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. You know, Raf Shaheen sucks. This guy sucks. Everybody sucks. Uh, so he's sort of in a lose-lose situation. People on YouTube were like, this guy's boring. This is a boring segment. But, dude, he's clearly a race fan. Whether you like him or not, he loves racing. Um, he gives a bit of his, his thoughts on the sport so far this season. It's great. It's great to have a TV professional in studio here, Lee. Hey, like somebody, hey. somebody that really knows the game. Know, you know. Again, we can talk the business and the lingo. You guys, it's going to go over your head. Maybe the theme for 2022 Monster Energy Supercross is expect the unexpected. You know, it's just uh, it seems. You know, I guess after two of 17 rounds, it's it's very early days. But already it seems highly unpredictable, which mm-hmm. I think from an entertainment standpoint is really good. So we've had some of this before, and it'll settle. It always does. The, the injection of, of life, uh, of, of fresh life into it with, with, you know, Jason Anderson's newfound form, I think that coupled with the fact of you're going ha- to have Aaron Plessinger on later, um, you know, Aaron's confidence-boosting podium. I think there's a lot of really, um, for Anderson's determination, I think there's a lot of really important ingredients put into the mix. Lee, we were talking even going into the season that, although it always seems wide open, the trio of Roxon and Tomac and Webb have won the majority. They've literally won 84% of the races of the last three years. And we're just waiting in any sport. It's hard to maintain that level forever. So it's got to end sometime. It could end two years from now. It could end next year. Or it could end right now. I get really impressed and excited by Chase Sexton. I think if he can string it together, it was disappointing in A1 with that awkward fall. I think if he'd taken the lead, I think he may have taken off and then and got his first win. So I think if there's somebody that's going to knock on the door, it might be him. You know, the history of sport tells us that there is a time where, where there's a turnover and a change and, and who's going to be the guy um, that, that, that makes that. And maybe it's not one guy. Maybe it's several. Um, yeah, Nick. So again, Lee, he's not my favorite supercross announcer of all time, but he's professional. He clearly cares about the sports and racing in general. I thought he was pretty good on the show. I mean, I had no problem. Actually, the next thing we're gonna talk about, I thought was really great with, with him, but what are your thoughts on Lee, man? He came on the show. He's knowledgeable. I mean, he's a professional. What'd you think? Dude, I, I actually really, really like the guy. Obviously, he's Australian, so what's not to love? Yeah, you know? you're getting the best of the best. That's the okay. I'll give you, know, you that. He he is in a he is in a, you know a hard spot there with with the job he does. You know, the, the first year he did, dude, he got eaten alive on social media, going, "Oh, this guy sucks." Where's Where's Ralph? Where's Where's Ricky? You know, 
But now I think it's every year we get on, it's like he's, he's uh, you know, he's proving himself. Well, not proving himself, but it's, uh, you know, the American public and the people that listen to Supercross uh, are, are listening to it as a voice and, you know, getting used to it as well. So, uh, dude, I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of him. And, you know, just listening to him on the show there sort of shows how much knowledge he has. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can tell he's actually a fan of this sport as well. Yeah. I think that's important, you know. Uh, I mean, everybody knows my opinion. I think Daniel Blair is the number one guy for that position. I think he's the best in a long time at it. But he's not – they haven't given him that seat yet. And, I mean, Trent Lee's not – he's not bad at it. And, you know, and our, our guy, your your uh, local Australian Moose, who is, uh, you know, did a lot of photography in Australia, is a super fan of the sport. He sent – Mathis a uh, a plaque that you know the, for this Manitoba Championships. Moose is, Moose is a friend of Lee's, and Moose loves Lee Diffie and has a lot of respect for the guy. And I respect Moose's opinion, um, but I I thought again I guess I just I think it, it's great that he came on the show. I like that Steve had him on the show because it did give me a little bit more of an insight to his background and his knowledge for the sport. Yeah, for sure. I said like we like Nick and I grew up listening to Lee. And now it's our local, you know, the Australian Supercross series. So to hear him on the broadcast now, it kind of feels like we're kids again and listening to the guy. Oh, yeah. I, I agree 100% yeah. with that. That's cool. You know, and that and that's cool for us and that's something that we get. But we understand where, you know, the Americans come from. It's the American series. They want to hear an American. But Lee has dedicated his life. Like, as he said on there, he was 20 years old when he started announcing. Um, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how old he is now, but he's, you know, he's obviously not 27. 20 anymore. 27. Yeah, but, but he's, <laughs> he's put in the time and the effort, and you don't get to announce Olympic game um, events without being a professional what you do, regardless if it's our sport, if it's a different sport. Um, announcing events and being on TV and transitioning, as we've heard, you know, Matt has talked about before on the show and, and when we've had Daniel Blair on there, they talk about those sorts of things. They're the hardest part. Actually talking about what's going on on the track easy. It's coming in and out of ad breaks. It's, you know, going to the, the floor and out, so those sorts of things. And and he does it pretty much seamlessly if you actually focus on that, not just the fact that he's got an Australian accent. Another huge thing for me with this type of thing is, you know, the chemistry between the two people. You know, that's another thing that, you know, Daniel Blair and Ricky have really really good chemistry together that's what we found um i think you know with uh with lee diffie as well he, he's good at what he does as well same as scott harris you know i think that uh the, the whole team they have there works really really well together okay uh yeah i mean i don't totally disagree with that um yeah I, I, one of those guys you mentioned is at the bottom of my list of favorite uh, announcers but I'm, I'm gonna keep that to myself who, who, who's, nah, who's that well i'm gonna keep it to my it's not daniel i'll tell you that so yep. you only brought up one. Other yeah. Thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why, why? Why is that? What's your reasoning for that? I don't know, man. It just when, I, dude. Let's. I, I don't know if that I want to get into that. Todd Harris is just not my favorite announcer. It doesn't mean he's bad. He's just that's, not my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's okay to have. That's okay to have your own opinion. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, I, I think Daniel Blair is you know excellent at his job. Yeah. Um. So I think it's only going to be a matter of time till we see a full time position for Daniel. Um. I don't really know how it works. You know. I think it might be a. Uh, you know, they try and look after their own people or something like that. But you know, uh, yeah, I think see more of DB in the in the in the booth. That's what's important. With NBC having the TV rights, they have their guys, and Lee is their guy, and I think that's a big deal to them. And you know, NBC is a conglomerate that has tons of sports, tons of racing, 
And they don't, I don't think anybody, I would assume nobody in NBC really has a passion for Supercross and motocross. And it's like, you know, if like the president of NBC is like, I love this sport and Daniel's hardcore, you know, Daniel's core. So we're going to go Daniel. They don't care. It's a business. These are our guys. These are our professionals. It's just another, another motorsport to them. Uh, I think that's why Daniel hasn't really had as much opportunity yet. I think if let's say failed owned the TV right somehow and had final say, I believe wholeheartedly Daniel would be their guy, but it's, it's just not that way. There's it's, it's political, you know, within the TV industry, uh, you know, but, uh, we'll, maybe we'll see it change. I don't, I think the NBC contract may be out this year. This may be the last year. So we'll see where it goes. Um, the part, my favorite part of the Lee Diffie interview though, was a segment, uh, where they, he discussed the differences in our sport versus other series he's covered, such as Indy, NASCAR, etc. Let's listen to that. Is it just a Supercross fans are territorial about it, or have you heard that stuff That's regardless of yeah. what you jump into? Yeah, are, are the 24-hour guys yelling at you that you don't know this sport and the history of it and this and that? I've had a lot in my career. I have come into a sport on television where there has been an incumbent host or play-by-play for a long time. So when I was a young guy, I was 25 years old, when I took over the commentary of V8 Supercars in Australia and there was a, a legend down there called Mike Raymond, uh, who sadly has passed. Now he was there forever, so I took over. And they're like, "Who is this kid?" And <laughs> then I went to the U- then I went to the UK to do World Superbikes, and Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder had been doing it forever. So they're like, "Who's this guy?" And then you know, when I took over from my friend Bob Varsha to do Formula One, you know, I got grief there, and then you know, from Ralph here. So it's kind of you know, I've, I've, I'm, yeah. I'm used to getting that punch in the head, so to speak. What's it like, Lee? Um and, and, and I guess the obvious age, the obvious answer is age and maturity. But what's the differences between IndyCar drivers and our Moto Supercross guys and team managers and all of that? Is there a common theme or is there a, a negative or a positive between the two series and the differences in athletes? I would say the accessibility to the riders is a little more difficult than it is to the drivers. Oh, okay. And to the teams. Typically, with IndyCar, it's um, it's very open. Sports car guys are pretty open. NASCAR guys are pretty open. So, I also find I also find the information flow. Um, the, the riders and the teams are very guarded about oh. informa- <laughs> information about anything that's going on, and you find it out after the fact. Yeah. So for us, for us being broadcasters, that doesn't help tell the story very effectively. To me. And I know that I know why they do it because yep. they don't want to sh- they don't want to expose and they don't want to show a weakness. But to me, I would say that I would say mm-hmm. I'm sick, or I say I've got a broken pinky. I would say that okay. because then if you come out and you get on the podium, it makes you look like a hero. Do you think that's partially why they're more open? They want to get mentioned, so they want to tell you things. Because that's my theory. Hundred percent. Yep. One hundred. One hundred percent. We have on on. I mean, I could just name a, a variety of things, whether it be NASCAR or IndyCar sports cars, whatever, we have PR people texting us during the broadcast saying mm-hmm. the reason that pit stop was three seconds slower was because of this. Yeah. The reason why this driver's gone in on the second rotation is because of this, you know, like um, it, whatever. And that, that, that uh, helps us embellish and, and it enhances the broadcast. Like I have a big platform yeah. with the show and the thing, and I can help you. If you suck balls, I can help you if you tell me what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I love that drop. Uh, and that will be a drop just for you guys. So, you'll know, uh, Trent, this was, I love this man. Weed's fucking fantastic question that led into all this. I don't follow a ton of other motorsports, you know? So 
I hear this all the time, Steve, talking about how closed off we are, you know, and we hear, right? It's so hard to get the truth out of people. People keep everything to themselves. And then you hear him say that, like, during a broadcast, team managers or uh, PR people for teams are texting them information. How badass would it be if Saturday night, Daniel Blair, you know, chimes into the broadcast and say, Will Hahn just texted me, uh, you know, Barsha has a, a hangnail that he got, you know, in between practice or in between qualifying and the race. And you like, I don't know, like how that would be badass if these guys were filling us with more information during the broadcast, you know, and during the week. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, it kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm keep playing devil's advocate on the list. <laughs> okay. Stuff, but I mean, I, know with this. I, I agree with you. Okay. I agree that it would be awesome. Okay. It'd be cool. But, but car racing have communication with the drivers throughout the race. We do not in motocross. So something could happen to the rider and nobody has an idea until he pulls off the track. Yes, they should tell us post-race would be nice, which some of them do, or they had something happen during the week, which they should tell us, yes. But at the time, we can't find out information on the fly. And if, yeah, if Will Hahn does text, say he's got a hangnail, why didn't you tell us leading into the race, you know? Um, that's the one thing that I, it would not really, we never see it because we can't find out directly from the driver or the rider, um, that sort of thing. But yeah, you are right. It would be cool to see something like that and have more transparency. And Steve's rattled on about this for, I mean, as many years as I've listened to Pulp and as many years as the Pulp Vampire has been around. There's nothing we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Can't change it. Yeah. Like why, why is it so secretive? And I mean, it's the, there's so many different factors at play. There's so much secrecy around this sport. I think it's just the way it is. And I do like how we compare it to other sports, but I don't think it's ever going to change because they are completely different in the way they're run. And um, as we said, you know, the teams, Oh, I think we said, somebody said, it. I remember that they said that like these teams have their budget. They're not running on a marketing budget. They're running, you know, on a separate sort of deal. They don't care about the publicity. They just want to win the championship. That's all they're there to do is win the championship. Where NASCAR and IndyCar are selling sponsorship packages. They want the sponsor read out as many times as they possibly can. So that's where I think that's different in in a sense of the way that they do it. And they they discussed it on the show. I'm pretty sure it was weird to come up with that. I should have. I didn't have that note written down because I didn't know we'd get into this part. But I um yeah that was the that was the one I found was interesting is. Yeah, they should, but our sports are completely different in the way that their uh, the budgets come from. Yeah, I mean, I guess they are, but but Nick, my like, I feel like like with the injuries, the the things that they kind of focused on during that segment at the beginning, like stuff during the week, stuff maybe that happens in during qualifying or practice that they don't tell us. And, and he and Lee said this. And Daniel's been telling me this for years. Like, if they would tell me this stuff, I could make them out to be heroes. Like, yeah, that. That's a fact. Like, ma- yeah, go ahead. It doesn't make them look stupid either like that. You know, the you know the more information we have into this, the more these guys can do storytelling, the more they can, you know, build these stories up. Like, look at, you know, let's use Joey Savaki for an instance. Oh, boy. You know, he, he looked a little bit he, he, he a little bit off at Oakland straight after the main event. Yep, had a massive crash on Tuesday. I have a bus at ACL. Here's all the photos. Why can't we be like AC? Why can't I be like AC? Be fucking honest with it. Because they hammer him about that too. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, was just, I was just about to say, isn't it funny that when AC did it, we got both sides of the people that were for it 
and against it. But I agree with you, you know, we, we can't really compare this to other sports because it is so damn different. Like, let's, uh, I like playing, I like playing this game. Let's go to the imaginary land of, hey, can you imagine if the pit team or the, the you know, your mechanic had a headset with the rider in the helmet? Can you imagine how different things would look? And can you imagine how different it would be? You know, because V8 supercars, which is our made, our biggest, you know, motorsport back in Australia. They play the team radio on the broadcast. So we can hear what the driver is saying to the team. Yeah, NASCAR does that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it yeah. Def, it'd be interesting. It'd, be, it'd add a lot to the sport. Uh, I mean, but like, you going back to the thing you said about AC, like, okay, if AC didn't tell us he was hurt, then we'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with AC these last two races? He kicks ass at the beginning, and then he just drops back. And, like, what's wrong with AC, right? But he told us. So we're actually impressed that he's getting these great starts, and he's really fast at the beginning. And then we understand that he dropped back, and I'm actually impressed that he didn't just pull off. So to me, and there's nobody out there like Cooper Webb isn't, passing ac and trying to give him an elbow to the to the shoulder you know like oh i'm gonna go after his weakness like you know we hear oh if they know my leg hurts they're gonna they're gonna run it in on my leg no they're not i mean well maybe some guys would but for the most part uh, for the most part no they're not yeah another thing with it as well you know like all the media people right now if we knew the stories coming into it you know when we're doing our post-race stuff and we're talking about it we go wow dude cooper webb didn't look good you know, he's going to look at that and think we're fucking assholes because we don't know the story about <laughs> right, him being right. sick. About him being sick. If, if we knew he was sick, dude, Cooper, how good was that for him to make it through the main? You know, yep. the whole precedent of the whole thing is different. 100% accurate. Steve's been saying this for years, uh, and I, I think it's it's good. It, it'd be a good thing to happen, but I just don't think our sport's ever going to change. So it's unfortunate. Nope. Oh, well. What can you do but love it and just caress it boys we love it enjoy it uh anyway speaking of caressing i love caressing my guts racing seat cover because it's so comfy that's that's the oh my god that might that might be the that might might be the worst segue ever (laughs) guts racing was established in 1990 by andy Gregg as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company Offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition, Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. I wish I'd had a Guts Racing seat cover in that K1 cart, because I know I would have worked you guys in. Uh, and, lies. and probably not destroyed my phone. Uh, Thank you. All right. Weege. Man, Weege is one of my favorite people. I love the review show when he's part of Well, he's always part of it, him and JT. Weege is just classic. And his character trait of not asking for free stuff, pretty good. That's not a bad character trait. It's pretty cool that he's not, like, trying to get all the free stuff he can get. <laughs> I mean, they talked about his mountain bike kit being a nightmare. Uh, he brought up that Decal Works sent him graphics because they saw how roached his stuff was. I called him a couple weeks ago about something. He was telling me about how roached his bikes are because uh, he doesn't know how to work on them. I was like, well, reach out to your mechanic friends. You know, he's like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> he just, it's cool. It's, it's not a bad character trait. I love it. Um, 
<laughs> but what do you guys think, man? Uh, I mean, in his position, when he's wearing old mountain bike gear and JT is over and over and over, dude, I will get you what you need. Nick, I mean, if you're in his position, you say, hey, okay, send me some stuff, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. You know, it's funny. You know, you know, since being here in America, we've got to – you're right, Trent? Okay. Since being here in America, since being here in America, we've got to be around we uh Jack and Wygant and see what he is. And it's like, you know, I was only talking to this with Helen Barrow last night. It was like, is Weege really as cheap as he comes across to be, or is this this like uh, you know a bit of an image? And he's like, no, he's, he's pretty cheap, man. But it's uh, you know, that's what makes Weege Weege. I like. Yeah. It. I think it's cool. You know, talking about the shampoo and. You know, he nearly ran out, and then Steve gave him some shampoo, That's and he's so good sad. for another year. <laughs> the good the, the house is all good. Uh, and how about, I don't know if you watched the all the YouTube, but his reaction, Trent, to the $300 tomahawk, he, he was he almost fell backwards <laughs> out of his chair. Yeah, he I, he is so funny the way he reacts to, like, how much money Steve spent on getting the carpentry done in the old house. <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, the yeah. Like, he just gets blown away with the amount of money that gets spent um, a bit, yeah, he, you know, he's like trying to save a penny here and save a penny there and then just gets dumbfounded by what, what these other guys spend on certain things and the meat, the whole meat incident in itself is a whole segment. I guess we're going to get to his shortly, but I love having Weege on the show because he, you have that side of Weege, but then you have the, the side of Weege where he is so technically Technical, smart yeah. with our sport. And then to ask that question, going back to, you know, Lee Diffie. Him asking that question and thinking about it in that much depth to go there to ask it, I mean, that's why I love the relationship with Steve and Weege and, and having them kind of work together with Racer X and Polk is that you're getting a whole different range of really smart people together that ask different questions at one time and give us as the, the listeners and the viewers so much more knowledge than what you can sort of find anywhere else. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, he, I think the fact that he doesn't use his position to get free stuff is admirable. But I think sometimes, especially when it's JT at Fly, who they're very good friends, like it's you're not you're not taking advantage of the relationship. He wants to help you out. Just take yeah. it, do it, man. You, I mean, you look goofy, right? <laughs> or you look terrible. You look yeah. So, but I think it's great that he doesn't do it. But staying on that similar topic of taking advantage uh, or not of connections. Steve got Chris Betts on and railed him about getting free meat from Nick at prime foods distribution. Uh, real quick, the, the retail site, I think it's, it's Verite. I'm not sure I'm saying it right. V E R I T E. If you want to reach out and get some buy, not get for free, buy some meat from uh, Nick at <laughs> Verite is what JT said. But anyway, Steve, man, being Steve, busting Betts' balls. I already kind of gave my position. I don't feel like he took advantage of it. I feel like Nick wanted to help him out. Uh, Trent, you were listening. What would you think, man? Was was Betts an asshole or not? Nah, no, not at all. He, was, he asked to buy the meat and Nick offered the meat. And, I mean, let's all be honest. And I, 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 think, I think it might have been Chris that I said um, – said this in there or I can't remember who it said but they're like would you oh no it was tits he goes would you turn down a $300 tomahawk 
No. Well, <laughs> like, of course not. If somebody's offering it to you, you're not going to say, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to pay for it. Like, no, I want to pay for it. I want to pay for it. Uh, especially when they don't have a retail site. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, personally, I'm saying yes. I mean, we've had the conversation with Weed and, and Steve that uh, I think I'm just as frugal as Weed is. So I'm definitely saying yes if I'm Chris yeah. just some free meat. That's for sure. But uh, it's just more of Steve, I guess, not creating content out of nothing, but Pushing knowing buttons. that this is, yeah, knowing that this is going to be entertaining and he's going to wind up bets and people love bets. I mean, I personally love Chris Betts. I'm kind of annoyed I didn't get to speak to him much when I was on there because I couldn't hear him. But he is one of the characters in Pulp that we get to see. And, and you know Steve's like, I'm going to bring him on. I'm going to push this button. Yep. And it's going to be a segment that people are going to enjoy. And, and that's, the, the I guess, the beauty of, of Pulp and, and all these characters. I totally agree. And Nick, when he kept Steve kept saying, uh, Nick, Nick didn't take your money basically because he doesn't want to be an asshole or whatever. Like I, I don't, I don't. That again, that's just him fucking with bets because I don't buy that. I don't know Nick at all, but I'm pretty sure that if Nick didn't want to give bets free stuff, he'd be like, hey man, you know that's that's it or whatever. He just wouldn't offer. So yeah, I think it's a classic case of Steve being Steve. Yeah, I was gonna go exactly with that. You know, you know, like we were talking about these uh, these images that Steve played his characters. Dude, he was busting his balls. It's uh, yeah, and you know, look at it. We're talking about it now. This is what creates uh, it creates how funny it is. And you know, Bets is uh, I like when Bets calls in. You know, it's a it's a completely different. I don't know. It's like a different mindset. It's a different. Oh, it's a different now. You know, it's a, it's someone that you know isn't actually in the sport real closely. It's an outside eyes. And, you know, he's got his thing with AC, and it's I like it. You know, the, and then you know when Steve plays into it, it just creates more of the show and creates more of these jokes that. You know, this meat thing we're going to be talking about again, again, again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I texted JT, because uh, I wasn't sure if the website was, uh, I couldn't remember if it was Prime Foods Distribution or Fine Foods Distribution. So I texted JT and I said, I'm asking for the wrap-up show, not because I'm going to try to get free food. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. and speaking of Steve pushing buttons and Steve being Steve, we had some drama Saturday night, and we, we, we've heard on the, the review show, Steve talked about it, the, the Stank Dog stuff. Um, Stank just declined to come on Monday night. Uh, again, you know, it's his choice. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I obviously, I had Stank on my show last night, and we discussed it. I, you know, I, I felt like I tried, to, I tried to stay in the middle of it. Um, I Obviously, I already gave my opinions on it. Trent, um, Steve... As we've said, he he pokes at his buddies. He pokes at people in general. He is also very opinionated, and when he he rarely changes his opinion, um, you know. And and Stank basically said, "Hey, man, like you guys have been making fun of me for years." Uh, he didn't like what was said on. I think it was the fantasy fantasy show and the pulp show the week before. There's a lot of things that Stank said that he was bothered by. Um, and you know, I don't I don't believe. Steve said anything just being ugly or trying to be hurtful or, you know, that's just not Steve. I think Steve pokes, but he also tries to be professional at the same time. I, I don't, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'm going to start out by saying, um, I'm a big, Devil fan, of dog. Oh, <laughs> big, big fan of Stank Dog. I don't want Stank Nation after me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm all good with Stank. Stank in the 125 is awesome. So please don't hate me. Uh, I think that was a direct quote from Weege, if I'm not honest. Uh, but that one. Uh, but, uh, it should have been from Lewis. <laughs> yeah, Lewis did not get the memo on that one. Um, 
I think it's it's one of those things that yeah, it's Steve being Steve and he sticks to his guns. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it brought publicity to both of them. Not only Steve, but Stank as well. And I think it's one of these things that they're both not going to back down from because I think they're both strong personalities and they're both going to keep continuing to to push this forward because it only helps both of their brands. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand. I don't. Again, I'm not going to get in trouble by Stank Nation because I think there's going to be a lot of people uh, chanting at the next round because uh, I feel like Stank has a little, as you know, as much as Steve has a big reach, so does Stank. So it's sure. going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next uh, couple of months. I think during Supercross, I think it's going to be a, a continuation throughout the year of uh, this drama. There's probably some truth to that, but that kind of going back, Nick, to what. Some of the things that Steve said, like he and Kiefer were talking and, and Stank made it really clear. He felt that Chris was making fun of him uh, when he talked about him not being able to jump a triple, one of the triples. And, you know, Chris kind of was messaging me. He's like, dude, I was talking about the bike is just literally slower, you know, not making fun of, of, of Stank on purpose. But as I told, you know, Stank Dog, I was like, look, man. Everybody has, you have a right to feel how you feel, but I'm telling from my point of view, I know Chris, I know Steve, all Steve does is bust my balls on the air, but he's not like that off the air. Like he's, he, he's cool as shit. It's just part of who Steve is. But when he said the comment uh, that Steve kind of repeated a few times, like he said, uh, I think state can make a main when the field thins out. I asked Stank, like, I, I, like, I feel like you thought he was saying you were fat and, yeah, I think he did misunderstand that part. So there's some miscommunication. But Stank's also holding on to the Lobster Claw comments from years ago. And yeah. he's just bothered by it. And that's, again, that's who, if that's, that he has that right. I, you know, I'm not going to say whether that's, oh, in my opinion, what it, it doesn't matter. That's how he feels. And Steve feels how he feels. But the drama, it is entertaining for us, uh, Nick. But, yeah, what are your thoughts in, you know, do you think that Steve was, you know, being was across the line anywhere? You know, unless there's something that's happened, you know, between closed doors between the two, and I feel like something has been said or happened. At the end of the day, dude, it's what four days after it or something like that, and I'm already sick of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's just like, you know, Keith. I like the way Keith handled it. Mm. Kiefer straight up went on social media, screenshots like, bro, hey, mate, that's it. You got the right to call me a dickhead. Notice how after that happened, it just was then strictly Steve and Stank. And JT's poor sister. And, and <laughs> yeah, I'd like, well, yeah, that's, that's I got me. those details too. I know why he's mad at JT. What, why is that? Well, you need to listen to the Moto X Pod show to find that out. <laughs> it's in uh, there. Plug, plug. <laughs> yep, sorry. It's in what, there. What show was, what show was that? Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, the pony pod, it, dude, you know, how many people? do you know how many people in the last two days since I announced this, that, that he was going to be on the show are like, I can't find the pony pod in any, any podcast apps. I'm like, fucking <laughs> Steve, fucking start a petition. Hey, we're not the Moto Limited show. We're the guys that limit themselves around Moto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I vote we start a petition to do a name change and call the pony club. Not going to happen, man. There's other guys involved in the show. It's not about, <laughs> it's not about me. So, but yeah, that anyway, that, um, yeah, I know why the JT thing is. And then the thing with, uh, man, I, I was about to say something. I lost my train of thought on it, but just it, it, go listen to that show. If you want to hear all those details, but I think 
I don't think it's over. It's not going to be over. Oh, I know. He he was talking about Chris. He said, like, Stank said that, you know, when Chris Kiefer tried to um, qualify for Paula, like, the writers, we weren't making fun of him, but he's making fun of me or writers. And I was like, mm, there were writers making fun of Chris, none more than Chris and Steve. <laughs> so yeah. that's just who they are. But it's out of with like it's out of love or whatever to a degree, you know. So I don't know. We'll drop it. We do need to move on, but I don't think it's going to get. I don't think it's over. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to probably, like you say, Trent, drag on. We're going to hear about it through probably more the fans for a while. But yeah. drama, drama, just is what it is. Uh, Steve, that, push, uh, st- go ahead. It's it's actually quite funny because everybody in the press box. Watched it on Steve's phone as he watched it. Oh like, wow! He must be obviously tagged into it. We're all sitting down the front row, and I heard Steve go, "What the fuck?" And then literally replayed it with everyone standing around him. And you know, we all just like laughed yeah. about it and, and sort of let it go. And I didn't think it was going to really go to what it turned into. So I don't know. Unless something's happened, they've spoken to each other and stirred each other up. I uh, I don't know, but at the end of the day, dude, I'm just sick of hearing about it, and uh, I'm ready for San Diego to go. So we're going to watch some more racing. Well, let's move on, and let's talk about Michelin bicycle tires. Everybody knows about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp Mix show. Uh, Michelin bicycle tires is a proud sponsor. I think they're proud. I think they're proud. What? What'd you say? What was that? Nothing. Oh, man. Throwing me off. Why you? Don't interrupt, Trent. Be professional. Sorry. Right. Michelin Bicycle Tires are a proud sponsor, I'm fairly certain they're proud, of the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If, you're, if you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including road road tires, BMX tires, mountain bike tires. You want a bicycle tire from Michelin, they've got one for you. Uh, all right, Will Hahn. Uh, he, he is friends with the show, and apparently everyone is friends with Will, which why wouldn't you be? Will is fantastic. He tells some great stories. He's two for two on the, on the flip-off gang. Game. I think he's going to probably go undefeated because he is just better at it Steve, than Steve is. Uh, it, you know, he came on. He talked about the Bam stuff, Bam, his team, uh, Moe's, all that good stuff. But I want. He also told us stories. He told us a great story about him and Marv. I think in 2013, and how like the media was trying to hype them as rivals, and there's like we're not rivals, you know, like that. That's that's pretty cool, right? Hearing the inside from his side, and then he talked about. Uh, a caller asked about his crash on the parade lap, which he talked about. But this gem was by far my favorite. And Kay Clayson just sent me a photo. He's on the on a hill at Glen Helen, Wilbur. You guys are on a hillside at Glen Helen, like massively steep hill. Typical moment for me. Like, okay, I haven't done anything on Patrick Cowie. Like, I need to kind of get my ass in gear or I'm going to be on to the next thing, you know, because yeah. why would they keep me around with, you know, 10th and I'm in, winning LCQs every week. So, you know, I'm easy. Pressure's on. Go out in the first lap of practice and um, first first lap, dude. Back in the outdoors, I'm like, yeah, here we go. Short, steep uphill back there that they always add in. That's you know way too steep and yeah. it's dumb. As soon as I go up, Cade is like falling and he's like going, but I'm trying to turn away and it's just getting closer and I can't go around the other side because it's you know a drop off to to nothing good. 
and I'm like trying to go, and then I hit him, and I'm I'm upside down up this the steepest hill possible, and there's no way I can get the bike up. Like I'm not tall enough for this. <laughs> and like I'm trying everything. I do. I missed like I think 15 minutes or 10 minutes of the practice or something. Like, I couldn't stuck up on this up. hill, right? Oh gosh. And I get back to the truck, and they're like, "What happened?" And I'm like, well, "Dude, I don't. I was stuck back there. Like I literally couldn't move my bike." And then they they showed a replay of it or something to them, and they're like, "Everyone's laughing at me." And I'm like. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Nick, this that that is one of my favorite stories Will's ever told. I can picture everybody in the rig like laughing, and it's great like w- that Will's willing to come on here and make fun of himself a little bit. That those are the calls a lot, you know. These these riders that you know, you know, Will's like now a, a you know a trainer and everything like that. These guys that were pros coming on now and telling the stories that we never knew at that time. <laughs> right. And, you know, I like it when people go on there and sort of make an idiot of themselves. Like, I'm down for that as well. I'd make my, an idiot of myself if it's, if it's funny. So, you know, Will coming on and it's just it's like, I remember, I think it was a show, I think it was Will and somebody else at like a gas station in, a, in their truck after a Supercross. That was one story I remember. And yeah. that dude typically just makes you laugh because you can, you know, sit there and you can visualize it in your own head and you're like, just sitting there giggling to yourself and you know once again that's pulp that's pulp and that's why we love it trent how great is will Hahn? yeah i mean will Hahn as a as a guest is always entertaining i as we said he's a guy that has too many friends or and everyone likes him but he also has a real um lot of stories like every time he comes on he gives us a new story we don't know about will Hahn, and we're like how, where does he keep pulling these things from like he's on pretty regularly um, but he's, I love having Will on. I mean, he was supposed to be on the week we were in there, and, and obviously the, the tragedy that happened that they sort of touched on at the end as well, which was, um, you know, a, a great gesture from Steve to do that. Um, you know, he didn't come on, but, you know, he come on t- this week. He opened up. He talked about everything. And then he has fun too when he's there and and tries to to play along with all the, the pulp stuff and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bit of a fan and listens to the show because he is quite up to date with a lot of the things that are going on in the show. So it's cool to see a guy of, of Will's caliber and what he where he is in the sport still listens to the show and, and, and is still a big part of what goes on at Pulse. Yeah, I agree. I do think Will listens sometimes. Uh, and you know, speaking, I meant to play this audio a minute ago, but of people... You know, we, we're talking about the staying stuff and, and people not liking Steve or whatever. Will kind of makes a joke about that. Uh, let's listen. I just want to, I do want to piggyback on Nash, like that, you know, okay. basically at one point or another, everyone has hated you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. I have a, <laughs> Fair point. I, I, I have a new beef going on right now. He told me today that no rider likes me. So I don't ride anymore, so I can't help you there. Good point. <laughs> is this? I'd like to help you there, but I can't. Weed, Weed, you're. Um, so he might be right. He actually. I felt right. like Aaron Plessinger was fine with me. I don't know. Root Weed, is this stank thing? Is this a work or a shoot? Uh, Lewis, <laughs> yep. any interactions with Will Hahn? Yeah, I've spoken to him a few times. And? It's all good, except for the first time I spoke to him at the Nations, you tried causing shit. Me? Oh. It was you. Oh, so oh If you remove you from the equation... Uh, that, that's, that doesn't sound no, like me at all. Shocking, I know. Right. But yeah. What did I do? Yeah, he did, he huh? literally introduced us, and I can't remember exactly what was said, but it was obviously right off the bat, like, basically, Will sucks or something. It was or like, something hey, like, Lewis sucks. Yeah. hi, Lewis, this is Will, he hates you already, or something like that. Oh, wow. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Ah. <laughs> Just funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis, Maybe you know anybody in Europe that doesn't like Will? No. 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 Okay. Nope. Do you have any questions for Will? 
I can think of a lot of people in Europe who don't like you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that feels good too. Listen, man, a guy, a man has an opinion, and all of a sudden he's you know crucified. Like, well, I just have an opinion on mm-hmm. a few topics. Yeah, here and there. Yeah, okay. you know, it's a little nitpicking. I'm very loud all. opinion. Yeah, sorry, I was a little late on that audio. That was, uh, yeah, just reiterating some of the stuff with Steve. But we we love Steve, man. He's good people, really, when it comes down to it. Um, all right, let, look, my call, I don't always touch on my call, but uh, the, I want to remind everybody the tickets for the live Minneapolis show are they're available. Go to Pulpamex Instagram. There's a link there. And I want to touch on – brought up them them taking it for granted what they do because I, I mentioned you guys still being in california and he's like yeah maybe we should rethink things i want to get your thoughts on that both of you guys trent nick uh, trent first time in the united states we talked about it nick you've done a few supercross in the past but like the fact that those guys do get to do it every week and it becomes almost like not not bored with it but it's just they're they're kind of over it man it's hard to hard to wrap your brain around they're very I don't think they realize how fortunate they are, Trent. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to hear them talk about that. You know, uh, it's kind of surreal that they even paid attention to us even being here. If we're being honest, like we were, we just wanted to be flies on the wall and and see what goes on. But they actually paid attention to how much we loved it. And and it's cool to hear them say, maybe we won't take it for granted as much because, as I said, we're, we're two kids from the opposite side of the world that just love the sport. And we've, you know, we've, worked our backsides off to try and get to a point where we can you know do what these guys get to do week in week out and and you know they're it's cool just to get a little uh a little recognition for it and and as i said i think it probably gives them a new outlook on the sport and we you know and it kind of feels good for us to you know open their eyes to some things that they maybe take for granted and um yeah as i said it, it was cool to hear them talk about that i was kind of like well they're you know, I, I mean, we were just trying to take it all in, but they, they were obviously paying attention to how much we were trying to take it all in. Yeah, it is cool. Like They they are good people when it really comes down to it. Um, I think everybody that I've met in the industry has been pretty damn cool, but Steve and Weeds, all those guys are always helpful. Um, I do want to blame you guys a little bit. You know, Kiefer started this SoCal bullshit. But you guys didn't help. <laughs> you two didn't help, and you're supposed to be my boys. Um, you know, I I tried to help you guys get in touch with some of these people and put a good word in for you for Steve, and then you throw me under the bus, Nick. Um, hey. hey, look, Doctor, before you go too much further, we are your boys, right? We okay. love you. And we are helping you because how much airplay have you gotten since we've been here with this pony? Oh, and now you're taking credit. Now you're taking credit. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Genie and Big Rick here. Yep. We are growing you as a as a professional uh, in the media landscape. So do you we'll take credit? You've only got to go on the pulp, you know, YouTube when you're in there, Mister Size, <laughs> SoCal Dark Side. Oh no, it's Mr. mostly Size. Jamie now. I get Jamie constantly yeah, now. Jamie, you're, it's all good. You're welcome. All we, right. We <laughs> are. We we first we give you the Lawrence brothers, <laughs> then we give you Brad West. Now we're coming over here and building you. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Delusional. Delusional. Steve is Genie Carmichael. You guys are m- molding me. Wow. Wow. Okay. I appreciate all the help in my corner. Thank you. Yeah. We can also teach you how to drive a go kart if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. 
Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. You can find Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tire, or Mr. Motorcycle Tires, and Seal Savers all at motorsport.com. Let's talk about the uh, the Race Tech rant this week. Race Tech uh, Pulp 21 to save, I believe, is the code. Pulp, shit, no, I'll go back and listen. I don't remember. I don't have it down. But Weeds did the Race <laughs> Tech rant this, this week, and this was a good one. Okay, look, if you say you love this country, and might I add that the people that are the most to blame in this are the people that say that they love America the most. They want to fix America. They want America to be a better vision or or fix it or or whatever it is. They're the ones that say they love America. So if you love America and you wake up and your favorite hobby, your favorite sport, your favorite thing to do, your number one motivation in life is to prove that half of the country that you say you love are morons and idiots and wrong and are the problem, you're ruining this country that you say you love. 150-some million Americans are complete morons and idiots and they're ruining this country. You are actually ruining this country. We are a much bigger threat to ourselves than any external force. All right, so I have ranted about this type of thing before. Keyboard warriors, social media, uh, whether it be political, just that... You, you, everybody is at odds. It's just fucking ridiculous. You guys coming from Australia, you know, hearing what you hear when you're home, being here, seeing what you're seeing. Uh, Nick, let's go to you. What do you think about what we said? Do you see, do you see that as truthful? Because I think he's dead on. Uh, but how do you feel about his rant? You, you know, it's, it's, it's different, you know, like back home, what we're shown on TV isn't necessarily what happens here. You know, since being here, you know, hearing conversations, watching, you know, watching the, the little news I do when I'm here, uh, I, I tend to agree with it. And, you know, it's um, it, it's weird for us. Like, after this, this race tech ran, I literally had to call in and, and sort of explain how different it was for us to see that national anthem and how patriotic everybody was. Because that literally is something I'll take with me for that, that Anaheim one opening ceremony, you know, with people chanting USA, you know, screaming for it, the, the cheers. Like, I'll take that with me for the rest of my life because that is something that I've never experienced back home. So, you know, it, it's weird hearing things like people here that, you know, sort of turning against each other. But when you get into a stadium with that many people, as soon as the USA or the flags brought out, every single body is cheering. Yeah, I, I said last week, I think that was one of my favorite moments of Supercross was watching you two watching opening ceremonies and you calling in and talking about that, Nick, really like that, that hit home, man, because yeah, we do sort of take for granted what what we have here. And when you see all the social media and all the, the back and forth and like there's only two sides, there's no in, be, in between. But then you go and talk to some of the people like you go out into public or you get in an Uber and talk to the driver. Like I was like, okay, I'm not feeling any of this in reality. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm seeing it in the news. But when I get out and about and I talk to people, I just see people like me that have, you know, they care about their country and they care about their well-being. They care about their families. But we're not seeing that because we're seeing this shit that we talked about, Trent. What we see all the time, it's always in our face is 
the diversity and it's just pushed on us. And there are those people that kind of seem like that's all they care about is causing drama or showing that the other side is fucking wrong. Um, and, and I think we just right. Like you are the problem if you're doing that, but what are your thoughts? How do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I can go with weeds on that. Like I mean, you spend all this time and effort on, you know, trying to prove the other side is, is worse. But <laughs> like, if you just spent that on just making yourself better and the, the, the people around you better and your, your situation better. And we all just focused on doing it for ourselves. The, the world would be a much better place. Yep. Uh, I mean, I can go with weeds on that. I'm very, to me, I don't get political very much. Me I just like, you know, I just like to, to do my own thing and, and worry about my own problems and my own issues in life and not worry about what somebody else thinks or says or how they they act. Like, that's your your opinion. You do you. But uh, I, when we sort of come up about the, the whole thing, I was like, he is 100% right. And I think that goes with his personality too, where he's, I, I feel very similar to I, where he's like, I don't really want to prove that you're wrong. Yeah. Like, I just want to do me and yep. you do you, and let's not get in each other's faces right now. Agreed. One, one thing. Go ahead. One thing I will say, you know, it's like back home, you know, when we were planning this trip to come out here, you know, we talked to people in America and they're like, oh, dude, Anaheim, it's going to be, it's going to be like, these are the rules are going to be, there's going to be these rules. And you talk to other people, and I was just like, I hope for like for Trent's sake that this Anaheim is like every other single one I've been to. Yeah. And dude, when we got there, dude, it felt one hundred and fifty percent normal. Every single person there was there because they fucking love dirt bikes. And you know, that was the feeling. There was it, it just it just felt like a big giant group and there wasn't there wasn't people, yeah, put a mask on, don't wear a mask. There wasn't people with it was just everybody was there for the same reason. And that is because we freaking love it. Well said. Well said. I, I agree. I'm glad you guys said it. Great rant, uh, Weege. I thought it was great. Um, about, okay. about the rant before you move on, Doc. Yeah, go ahead. Steve had one last week that he shelved, and it looks like he shelved again this week. I'm still interested to see what this rant is that he keeps uh, shelving each week because I was interested in the night we were in there, and now it's two weeks, and he still hasn't gone to his. So it must be a doozy if he's uh, saving it up. Yeah. I he, think. I think I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. Well, yep. write it down on a piece of paper so when it comes <laughs> out, maybe maybe we'll be able to prove that because you, you'll just say you were right otherwise. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna text it to you right now. Yeah, text it to me, and I'll hold on to that, and we'll see when he finally breaks. Um, all right, there was some Supercross talk early on in the show, and Steve says, "Hey, for two rounds, two different winners, two different. I mean, you know." The guys were all over the place. Like the 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 uh, finishes were all over the place, and we don't know shit yet. Aaron Plessinger, I guess Trevor, I'll start with you. Uh, what a turnaround! Uh, ended up on the ground at Anaheim in practice. Uh, ninth place in the main. Probably lucky to get ninth. You you have a shitty race, whatever Anaheim won or anything. Round two, round three, whatever. A terrible race. Maybe you don't make the main. You crash. It's such a mental sport that all week long you're like, God, I suck. I sucked. I got. What do I do? How do I get better? What's wrong with my bike? Is it my bike? Is it me? Whatever. And then you turn it around seven days later, and you don't just turn it around from a ninth to like a fifth. You go to second, going for the lead at different points. I think when you have you know a track like Oakland, everybody was kind of doing the same thing, stuff like that. So if you don't get a great start, there's not a whole lot of opportunity for these guys to move up. You uh, did see some guys put in like a run, like Marv put in a run on Webb. Ferrandez put in a run. Plessinger was closing on Anderson for Mookie, a little bit. Mookie went at it. Yeah, Mookie went at it. But no one could sustain it. And yeah, I feel like the last 10 minutes... 
everybody was like, I'm just going to bring it home. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're tired, or this track is gnarly. Yeah. Or even Eli. Like, Eli was yep. charging he was. in the beginning yep. of the race, and I'm like, man, he's he's going to yep. go to the front. Yep. And then you get to that, that last yep. 10 minutes, and yep. again, he's in just a fourth-place guy and, and doing laps. The thing I can't figure out is whether I'm actually surprised that Anderson won. Because like, I wouldn't have said that Anderson would win a main this year. Because he hadn't won since 2018, and like, for guys to overcome that big a drought, mm -hmm. like, I feel like we weren't playing up his drought enough. So I didn't think he was going to win. Which means I should be surprised, but seeing it yep. wasn't surprising. Yep. Uh, Mookie, Webb, Webb yep. they were all back there. Third year in a row, Barsha said the red played after two rounds. And no podium, this is thanks to a guy on Twitter today, no podium for Eli, Roxon, and Webb. The last time that happened, Weech? Last time that happened was the finale in 2020, where it was swept by the Husky and Rodders. That is the only race. That Salt Lake City finale in 2020 is yep. the only race. COVID, last, COVID cross. Yeah, COVID cross. In the last three years that there has been a race without one of those three in the podium until Saturday night. And then, like, Kenny goes down to the main event, and he never really gets it together again. Like, it's kind of like, but you're like, ah, he can get back up to eighth or seventh or something. And he never really did, man. Never really got on it. And I wonder if he was just, I said this on the uh, review pod, like the Jenga thing. You know we put the Jenga? Yeah. Lewis doesn't know. I know Jenga. Oh, okay. I know yeah. Jenga. Okay. So you put, the, you put the Jenga thing with the blocks of wood. You know Jenga. Put blocks of wood. And then, like, it's perfect, and it's awesome, and it's majestic, and it's beautiful. If one little stick gets pulled, <laughs> so that crash in the whoops and almost de being decapitated, that was it for Kenny. Yeah. Like, now we were going to see mistakes and not be on it. I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. I yeah. think these guys are all so close. Like, you've got eight, nine, ten guys that I think legitimately can win this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Trent, yeah, so we definitely, they can't lock in to anything that's going to, you know, that's going to hold in place. Like we can't say, okay, Jason's going to be the guy or, you know, Ken, Ken's not going to be able to sustain. We just can't, it's only two rounds in. Obviously we don't know much yet, but, um, I love the fact that the finishes are all over the place and I agree with Trevor. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of this throughout the season, as long as everybody stays healthy and it's really good for the sport. But I just kind of love that. Like we just don't know anything yet. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the hashtag deep field, I guess. Uh, yeah, I like it. Get, get said, but I mean, I listened to the conversation and they're like, we don't know what to expect. I mean, we had a very similar season last year. Like you look back at the first two results of the year, we had a completely different podium, both rounds besides, I think it was, um, Kenny or someone was on the, and actually like, this Houston too last year, we had like Eli, um, Ferrandis and Brayton last year, just the second round. We had no idea. We're like, well, just throw everything in the air. We have no idea. <laughs> I think it's what I think it's what we're going to come to expect now for the next expect the unexpected. Well, Lay Diffy. Well, for there the next go. couple of years, like we're gonna we're gonna be watching this Supercross and be like the first three or four rounds, we could have four different podiums and so many different people up front. But uh, yeah, I mean, we have no idea. But it'll. I reckon by the time we get to round four or five, as as yeah. Steve said in the previous show and said last night, it's going to be those guys again back at the top. But isn't it funny? Like, you know, we look at the, the past so many years, we've still only had a certain amount of winners each year. And it is always the same guys each year. So, you know, like you said, I think by round five, we're going to see uh, a few more trends. It's, uh, it's cool, though, because, look, it gets us all talking. We don't know what we're going to get. And it really makes me look like a fucking noob on fantasy. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. We are not talking about fantasy. <laughs> nope. Uh, what we will talk about 
is we're almost done here, but the uh, the Lewis Phillips trivia music trivia. Oh god, dude! I was okay. Two things: I was cracking up, but I was also like, okay, some of these songs you guys like the the Spice Girls. Like, I don't fucking know the name of that song either. I don't listen to the Spice Girls. Like, you know, I'm not a pop music, and I don't listen to Oasis. I'm not like. I mean, I knew it was Oasis. I was pretty sure it was Oasis. But some of those songs, I was like, mm, okay, I'm, I'm not totally, <laughs> I'm not totally sure the name of the song either, Lewis. But uh, Trent, go ahead, man. Yeah, it, it was funny. I was the same as you, Doc. I'm kind of laughing along because you could just hear his brain ticking, like it's trying to figure it out. Like there was a noise coming from his head. <laughs> I just love how every single song he brought it back to Ricky Carmichael 2002. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that is sick. As I said, it, it, I mean, Steve does it to him show like how much he doesn't know, you know, obviously other things other than, uh, you know, motocross or supercross. But to me, what I got out of that segment is how much he really knows about the sport of motocross or supercross in America and Europe. Like he could, he could tie these songs in, as you said, Nick, yeah. to an opening ceremony. Like he knows a lot. He doesn't know what the name of the song is or anything like that, which, as you said, Dark Side, you didn't know that, you know, exactly. Um, but he could tie it back to something. And, I mean, fair play to Lewis, too. Like, they're taking the, the piss out of him. And he played along. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. There was, yeah. There was one song I didn't know. No, I'd, I'd never heard it before, yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, if you got me on movie, uh, movie trivia, I'm shot. Like, I know every motocross, supercross movie, uh, you know, Great Outdoors, you know, yeah. all those I've watched that multiple times. But, yeah, you get me on. Pulp Fiction. I mean, I'm gonna blow myself out here. I've never seen it. Oh my god! I've never seen it. Trent, I don't, man. I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, Pulp Fiction, Star Wars. Those are two movies you just have to see in your lifetime. And okay, I've I've never watched Star Wars. Fuck. All right, we're out. We're done. That's the end of the wrap up show. Um, Yeah, the Moto Unlimited boys will never be back. How the like his his reaction to Queen? Like, well. Queen should be singular, but they're yeah. a band. It doesn't make it so great. And his his little response to uh, the the Spice Girls song, whatever the fuck it's called, I still don't know what it's called. He's like, "This isn't the song. Make it easy." So his, his reactions were so great. The, the one with the Muppets. The Muppets. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like. It wasn't the fucking song. Yeah. You know, like some of the songs, like, okay, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, an insanely famous song, but he's in his 20s. Like, that was 40 yeah. years ago. I uh, think, I think, like, I'm going to quickly jump in here. I forget constantly how young Lewis actually yeah. is. He's a baby. It's actually, oh, okay, I was thinking about this when I was watching the show. You know, he talks about his first Anaheim One opening ceremony which was when Carmichael had that song. Dude, how old would Lewis have been? (laughs) Seven? Right, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. It it was a great segment, though. And, again, I think Steve picked some – I don't think the songs he picked were the best because, again, like Counting Crows, they were popular for, like, five minutes in the 90s, you know, that Mr. Jones, but – and Creed, nobody gives a shit about Creed, Kiefer and Steve. When he said to Foo ah, Fighters. Dude, I, I, lo- I actually like Creed. There's another, there's another podcast that does as well. Uh, they're not a terrible band, but they're not. They're by no means in the top 20. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, if you guys want to win tickets for San Diego, if you need some tickets, contest at pulpmexshow.com. 
reach out for that. And I don't know if the Maximo giveaway is still going on, but it was also contest at pulpmexshow.com and use, uh, he's taking the 82nd, 80 second email. So just type Maxima in the content line and send those in. Maybe you win something. Jamie apparently is also not eligible, which is, I mean, I don't understand why Jamie and dark side are not eligible. It's kind of bullshit. I like free shit. We, but you know who is, you know who is eligible? Probably you two. No, the pony. Oh yeah. The pony's probably, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> With his credential. Oh God. <laughs> and his, and his I, just, I just want to jump in there. And you know, we, we were at, at Oakland, walking down, uh, walking down onto the track, and we were talking about it with Sean Brennan. Yeah, and he's like, "There's no way that fucking pony is getting a credential." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just you know, that just isn't it. That just shows you like how many people listen to pulp and these jokes. You know, these, oh yeah, yeah, how big this is. Like literally, what Steve has created. It is well. I mean, you sit in that press box, and our whole time is fantasy talk. So yeah, yeah. look, yep. look, I I was prepared to jump onto the concourse at one point so <laughs> yeah it's been bad but we're i'm turning around this week i'm winning this week so can i can i have your team then yeah. sounds yeah. like a, sounds like a reform daddy came over there. yeah <laughs> all right two more things uh the story we just story about uh his wife not allowing hamburgers to be cooked for, or making them overcooked well done and the neck brace that shit Dude, I was dying. Like, he's just like, what are you going to do? It has to be no pink in your hamburger and got to wear a neck brace because the helmet's too heavy and we're going to break our kid's <laughs> neck. I love that, Nick. I love that, dude. I was dying. Just just more of the typical when you, when you know you're sitting there looking at the computer screen, you're the only one in the house or the room and you're in absolute tears. This yeah. is what makes us all, you know, tune into Pulp every yeah. uh, every Monday night for sure. Let's close this thing out with the one of the X brand tear off questions. Who is next to win a four fifty main uh, trend? Let's go to you first. Oh, man, this is just throw a dart at a dartboard at this point. I think um, wrong. From the speed Eli, from the speed Eli showed, if he can get a start, he can get a he. Man, he's still got the speed on that Yamaha. I mean, I may have talked some smack early in the season, uh, preseason. <laughs> in Oakland, he was super fast. Um, so I, I feel like it's going to be him. Um, I'm a, dude, I'm either him or Sexton. But Sexton worries me. Anymore. Yeah, that, I, I just think if Sexton gets his start, gets out front and he's not chasing, he might be able to, you know, keep this thing Anderson style ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about you, Doctor? Who you got? Cooper wins San Diego. Oh, I could get around that. I, yeah, I could get around that. You know, every I think I'm going to go back and look at that stat. You know, weeks where he has an off week when he says he has a flu. Yeah. For some reason, I'm pretty sure he always wins the next week. Right. Well, uh, did you see the stat that uh, I think I don't know if it was Twitter, or Instagram. I think it was Twitter that Weeds posted today. That something like five, I don't have it in front of me, but like five out of the last six years, the guy that won San Diego won the championship. Yeah, wow. Crazy. Yeah, let me see if I can find that while we're still discussing. Well, well, well Doc, God, uh, between you and me, we need uh, Ferrandez to win. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm backing off that one a little bit right now. <laughs> He's walking it back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here, here it is. In the last six seasons, the round three, oh, the round three winner has won the title five times. So five out of six years, 
the round three winner has won the championship. Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb wins and wins the championship. I, I, I got to back down off my Dylan. Uh, I'd love to see it, but I'm not. I'm not feeling as confident as I was. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm waffling. You're waffling. Yeah, waffle waffle. All right, guys, uh, I want to thank Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Seal Savers for supporting the wrap-up show. I want to uh, encourage you guys all to go to PulpMexShow.com, click on the Sponsor Deal tabs, and use those sponsor codes. Use those links. Uh, If there's a code or a sponsor that you're interested in using and you don't see a code, hit up Mathis. Use the contact form. He'll try to help you out. He usually does. Um, If you guys have questions, comments, criticisms, anything like that, for me, Darkside at pulpmxshow.com. Uh, Nick, anything that we didn't touch on that I missed? Um, I don't think so. I just, uh, once again, I just want to, you know, repeat that how much I enjoy having Jason Weigand and Steve together in these interviews. Uh, like Trent said earlier, you know, you get both sides. You get someone that's very, very technical and someone that thinks literally as they're saying stuff. And you got Steve that, can, you know, he can... Push a conversation whichever way it's going to go. And when you get these two guys together, um, it, it, it's simply it's some of the best content you get. Um, I think next time I'd like to see Lewis in there maybe by himself. Yep, yep. Uh, to, 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 so we get a bit more of Lewis Phillips because he's a, he's a very, very smart guy. He knows a lot of stuff. And I think he's uh, he's got a lot of great content as well. So that's something I'm going to probably say is the next time I'd like probably to see Lewis by himself. But uh Thank you for having us again, Darkside. Really, really, really appreciate it. Anytime. Trent, thoughts? Uh, anything I missed? No, I think we hit everything on the head. There is still a lot to that show that we haven't even unpacked yet. Oh, yeah. If you haven't listened to the show, you definitely have to go in, uh, and get through all of it. But, yeah, as we, we, as we said, I guess we'll probably be on another wrap-up show, Nick. But we do have to thank uh, Steve uh, for letting us in uh, last week. Steve, Steve and everyone, literally. Yeah. Alan, Mark, everyone, yeah. Pookie, for, for having us in and, you know, uh, really, I, I was sort of worried going into it, but they were really, really accommodating. Answered everything, gave us. We got to try twisted tea, you know. We got <laughs> pizza, we got all sorts of stuff, and uh, they were really super, super good. So anyone that thinks Steve's dick, and uh, it's uh, don't read into it as much because yeah, I yeah. think it's uh, it's it's the character he plays. He's generally a super, super nice guy. How great is Pookie? Yeah, she's. Amazing, amazing woman, an so angel. She's we, an angel. Yes, definitely. So <laughs> now we, uh, yeah, we appreciate obviously Pulp Network for giving us opportunity to be in there. But uh, I did, uh, Jamie. Thank you for having us once again, Jamie. It's been a pleasure, Jamie. So yeah. tell Darkside, <laughs> thank you, Mister Side. Dicks. Before I let you guys go, there's one more thing. <laughs> I, drops. People, you guys love the drops on the shows, right? Mm, yes. So yes. it's hard to sit there when they're playing them and not laugh. I'm just yeah. going to say, like Weeds, Weeds losing it. Your intro. Oh yeah, I was hilarious. gonna bring that up. My intro. He fucking loved that. So you're welcome. Somebody, somebody today reached out to me and was like, "Man, you know, you kind of brought that up. Like they're hard on you." I was like, "Dude, I I gave them that. You know, I was laying in the hospital bed knowing this was good content. Like it's you, fine. You I love it. Yeah. So, but my point is, like, I cut a lot of these drops. Like every time I do a wrap up show, I'm cutting audio and I'm finding these drops. I had a whole bunch of people reach out to me about one in particular from this show. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a little bit of a uh, uh, what's it, like preview of some drops that are coming soon that I pulled from the show just for some enjoyment. Some of them are in the intro of the show, which you guys haven't heard yet. But here, check these out. AC was ramming the shit out of Tomac. AC was ramming the shit out of Tomac. 
half of America, 150 some million Americans, are complete morons and idiots. Half of America, 150 some million Americans, are complete morons and idiots. If you suck balls, I can help you if you tell me what's going on. <laughs> Which I sent that to uh, Marks, but I actually cut the, if you tell me what's going on. So it just says I can help you, but yeah. If you suck balls, I can help you if you tell me what's going on. My meat is out. That'd be great, Joe. My meat is out. My meat is out. Yep. So, yeah, I guess the, the, uh, the, the, it's the secret's out that I've been cutting a lot of these. So sometimes Steve gives Mark shit for playing them, and then he's like, these are the guys I pay, and I don't know that he realizes a lot of these are coming from me. You so, just blew yourself out. I don't yeah, give a I shit. Think, it's funny, man. But I think what he's getting at is they play him on the show to make him look like a dick. Well, you don't play him on the show to make him look like yeah, a dick. Yeah, so that's why I pulled them, though. That's the reason. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's why I pull them, because they're funny. So, <laughs> we, yeah, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks to everybody. We're out. That's it. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? <laughs>